Hello everybody, this is Pastor Mark Sepulveda with Impact Church San Diego bringing you blessings from on high. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and gives you strength throughout the rest of your day, your week, your month, and even your year. Enjoy. God bless you. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark Sepulveda with Impact Church San Diego, bringing forth to you uh, a different type of sermon. I would like to say more of lesson. Uh, where today we're going to go over the pledges. Seeing that the 4th of July is just around the corner, I thought this would be appropriate. As we were all growing up and going to school, we would say the Pledge of Allegiance every morning at first period or whenever school started. Uh, that's kind of dissipating nowadays, and the pledges have been kind of like removed from our schools, just like our Bibles did back in the day. And if you can all recall the Pledge of Allegiance to our American flag, it goes like this. I pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now, we should all know this by heart and by memory, because we grew up this way. Now, kids nowadays, I even asked um, my younger ones uh, the other day, can you recite the Pledge of Allegiance? And uh, they were uh, missing a few phrases, missing a few words, uh, because it's, it's been taken out of our schools. But we all know the colors of uh, the American flag. It's red, white, and blue. The colors have a meaning to our American flag. We have red, signifies valor and bravery. The blue in our American flag represents perseverance and justice. And white, the white color of our American flag, it means purity and innocence. Now that's the red, white, and blue. And the stars, they have their original meanings as well. Uh, the red and white stripes are 13 of them, which symbolize the first 13 colonies. And the blue square or the blue canton means union. And white stars is uh, the current 50 states as we know it today. Now, just to give you a little bit of a history lessons on the American flag. And, you know, if you're thinking, well, you know, hey, I already know about the American flag. I already know the Pledge of Allegiance. Why are we going over this? Because there's a couple of other pledges that a lot of people don't know about as well. But I'm going to give you a quick history on the American flag. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance was written in August 1892 by Francis Bellamy. It was originally published in the Youth's Companion on September 8th. 1892. Bellamy had hoped that the pledge would be used by citizens in any country. And the original Pledge of Allegiance went like this. I pledge of allegiance to my flag and the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. It kind of sounds like the Pledge of Allegiance, like our nation's flag but a few missing words, but that's how it was originally written back in 1892. But in 1923, the words, the flag of the United States of America, were added. At this time, it read like this, I pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now that sounds a little bit more like our flag. It made it more personal to the American people. It gave it a meaning and it felt a little bit more like, hey, this is our flag and this will fly it high and we'll fly it proud and this is our nation's Pledge of Allegiance. 
But in 1954, in response to the communist threat at the time, President Eisenhower encouraged Congress to add the words, Under God, creating the 31-word pledge we say today. Now, Francis Bellamy's daughter, the originator of the original Pledge of Allegiance, she objected to this alteration of Under God. Well, I must add that Francis Bellamy was a socialist minister in his country. And, of course, that's why she would object by under God. Now the pledge reads the way we all know it today. I pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now just adding that under God gives us, gives us the feel of protection and power that we know it today. Just saying the words under God, knowing that under God is in our pledge of allegiance makes me feel good. It makes me feel that we are one nation under God, praise God, since we were founded by God-fearing men in the beginning. And I would like to thank them for that if they were still around today. Now, why am I bringing up the Pledge of Allegiance? And what am I going to teach you guys today? Well, we all know the pledges, and there are also some Christian pledges as well. I had asked my daughters, hey, do you know that there was a, a, a Christian flag and there's a Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag? And... They kind of knew that there was, but they didn't know the words to them. It's not taught. And I remember back in the days in Sunday school, every first Sunday of the month was Flag Day. We'd have the American flag on one side, the Christian flag on the other side, and the Bible with between two hands right in the middle. And they would, they would march towards the front of the church up to the altar so that we could say the pledges. And that song, Onward Christian Soldiers, would be playing in the background as they marched in and they would say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag, and the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible. And we're going to go over those right now. Now, the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag goes like this. I pledge of allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. Now, man, how great is that? How powerful is that? That pledge of allegiance to the uh, Christian flag, that is so powerful and that is so true. But it wasn't written like that originally, how I just spoke it to you right now. The Christian flag dates back to an impromptu speech given by Charles C. Overton, a Sunday school superintendent in New York in September 26, 1897. The guest speaker for the Sunday school kickoff didn't show up, so Overton had to wing it. Spying an American flag next to the podium, he started talking about flags and their symbolism. Along the way, he proposed that Christians should have their own flag. An idea that stayed in his mind for a long time after the speech. In 1907, Overton teamed up with Ralph Diffendorfer, secretary of the Methodist Young People's Missionary Movement, to produce and promote the flag. The colors on the flag, not surprisingly, match those of the American flag. Red, white, and blue. Red represents the blood of Jesus Christ that was sacrificed on the cross for our sins. Blue represents the waters of baptism as well as faithfulness of Jesus. And the white represents Jesus' purity. 
I would like to mention that also the flag is mainly white with the blue square in the upper left corner with the red cross symbolizing Jesus. His sacrifice on the cross and the blood and the red represented his blood. He was the lamb that was to be slain. He was perfect in all manner and all ways. He needed to be perfect in order for the sacrifice of the atonement of his blood to resound throughout the ages, praise God, which still does, still flows, and still lives today. The white of the flag is a lot bigger. It's to symbolize our surrender unto him. Now, the original pledge to the Christian flag kind of went like this. I pledge of allegiance to my flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One brotherhood uniting all mankind in service and in love. Now, you could say that there's two versions of the pledge to the Christian flag. One's a little bit more, one's a little bit more conservative, I would say. And the other one is a little bit more evangelical. And that's the one that I grew up listening to. That's the one that I grew up um, pledging every month, every, every first Sunday of the month. And you would also get, if you were to recite it, if you were to memorize it, the superintendent of Sunday school would give you a little plastic dollar and you could use that at a candy store to buy candy, ice cream, or toys, or what have you. And to recite it once again, it goes like this. I pledge of allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One Savior crucified and risen, coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. Praise God. We're going to go through these things right now. The part where it says, and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. In Psalms 103.19, the word of God reads like this. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. It's defining on whose kingdom it is. It's his kingdom, our Savior's kingdom, Jesus's kingdom. And in John 8.36, it says, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. In other words, it's not here on earth. It's somewhere else. It's up above. It's in the distance. But it is his kingdom nonetheless, praise God. One Savior crucified. In Luke 23, 33, it reads like this. When they came to the place called the Skull or Golgotha, they crucified Jesus there. This whole pledge is all biblical. You can tear apart this pledge and you can find it within the word of God itself. In Matthew 28, 5 and 6, it reads, The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. Our Savior was crucified. Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. As stated right here, one Savior crucified and risen. In the second part of Matthew 28, verse 6, it reads like this, He's not here. He has risen just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. He's not here. He has risen just like he had prophesied that he would. Acts chapter 1 verse 11. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. 
He's one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again. Praise God. Why are you looking into the sky? He's going to come back the same way that he ascended into heaven. And Revelations 22 verse 12 says, Look, I am coming soon. He's telling us this. Look, I'm coming soon. Don't worry. Don't fret. I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. Wow, that's great. What kind of reward does he have with him? If he has a kingdom, praise God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He said, look, I'm coming soon and my reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Look, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be gone for a little while. I'm going to go do something. Like in John chapter 14 says, I go to prepare a place. I go to prepare a place for you. And if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. In my father's house are many mansions, praise God. Many mansions, does that mean we each get one of them? Praise God, I hope so. I look forward to the day. One Savior crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus came so that we could have life. Not just have life, but have it more abundantly. Not just to wake up every morning. Not just, just to exist. Not just to breathe. Not just to be there, but to have life. But to have it also more abundantly. Praise God. And 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 reads, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. There is life, praise God. And John 3.16, to cap this off, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, praise God. He came so that we could have life. He came so that we could have it more abundantly. He came so that we could be free, so that we could be liberated from the hand of the enemy, praise God. That's the pledge to the Christian flag. The Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible. And this is also a pledge that not a lot of people know about, but it's also written in the Word of God. And it reads like this, I pledge of allegiance to the Bible. God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word shall I hide in my heart that I might not sin against God. Now the funny thing about the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible that it was written when it was written. <laughs> the origin is that it is God breathed. It is the inspired word of God. Hallelujah. In Matthew 24, 35, it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. His words are also living. It is the bread of life. It's what gives me strength. When I read it, it's like a mirror. It shows me my faults and what I need to confess God of. Praise God. In John 1, 1 reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
That word became flesh and dwelt among us in Jesus Christ. Psalms 119.105 Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that is the one of the main points, or basically the whole main point, of the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible. And also with Psalms 119.11 Thy word shall I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know... I encourage people to read the Word of God. I encourage people to open up the Bible, to see it for what it is, God's Word. Thy Word shall I hide in my heart that I might not sin against God. And for all those of you who are struggling with certain temptations and and trials and things going on in your life and you can't figure out why or can't get over it and you keep doing the same thing over and over again. Have you tried hiding the Word of God in your heart? Take some time to do a devotion every morning, in the afternoon, or before bedtime with your prayer. Open up the Word of God. You don't have to do it every day. Do it the majority of the week at least. If you were to read the Word of God for what it is and to hide it in your heart not just read it as a novel okay that was nice that was a cool story well I can't believe this person did that or this person did that if you read it for what it is God's Word meditate on those words hide it in your heart inscribe them in your heart post little verses so that you can have memory verses throughout in your car at home at work in your cubicle wherever you may be and you read and you study, you start to hide that word, inscribe that word in your heart, you'll find it a lot more easier to not to fall into temptation. You'll find it a little bit more easier that you can get over certain things that you weren't able to get over before. Because you're hiding God's word in your heart. When you hide God's word in your heart, you're hiding God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I'm going to recite this pledge to the Bible one more time because of its meaning for what it is. It's Bible. I pledge of allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word shall I hide in my heart that I might not sin against God. Wow, those that's a powerful pledge. That's a powerful pledge, just like the pledge to the Christian flag as well. Before I conclude, I kind of want to go over something just a little bit about the American flag and about the Christian flag. Just as the history of America, how it was created, how it was brought forth, the Pledge of Allegiance, the Constitution, how it was written, and what it meant. How many lives were lost for our freedom? How many wars and battles they were? People sacrificing their lives so that we can have the freedoms we have today and the flag that we have today. It's amazing how the Christian flag kind of resembles that as in our Savior who was sacrificed. His blood was shed on Calvary, so that we might be sinless before Him, so that we might be perfect before Him 
For all those who believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Both flags, the American flag and the Christian flag, have sacrifices. The United States, the Christian flag, and how Jesus gave his life for us. He didn't give his life for the flag. He gave his life for us so that we might be able to have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ was perfect. He was sinless. And his blood shed on Calvary so that we could have victory, so that we could have salvation for one Savior crucified risen and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you did, tell a friend. And if you would like to support our ministry, you can go to our Facebook page at Impact Church San Diego, click the Learn More button, and you can donate there. Or you can text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts because it's people like you that keep this podcast going. Thank you and God bless you.